Welcome to the Road to Black Podcasts, brought to you by the BJJ Physio. The BJJ Physio helps optimize the training of jiu-jitsu athletes so they can dominate their next performance. How do they do this? They provide strength and conditioning, physical therapy, and heart rate-based conditioning through a completely remote and online management system. Meaning you can be anywhere in the world and take your BJJ performance to the next level. Contact Dr. Wesley Reed at info at thebjjphysio.online or follow him at the BJJ Physio on Instagram to find out more. Also brought to you by Roll Union Jiu-Jitsu. Visit rollunion.com and follow Roll Union on Instagram to shop the latest jiu-jitsu styles. Roll Union brings you the best fitting geese on the market, the most comfortable rash guards, and premium soft jiu-jitsu tees. Next time you're in the market for some new gear, check out RollUnion.com for the stylish and the savage. Lastly, we're brought to you by DownToRoll.com. DownToRoll.com was born out of the need for an innovative way to find BJJ training partners during the COVID-19 crisis. With gyms being shut down for many across the globe, you can register at DownToRoll.com and find small group training partners in your area. You can message partners directly from the map and interact with other like-minded players on the Down to Roll exclusive network. Go to downtoroll.com and start training again now. Thanks for supporting our sponsors, and we hope you enjoy this episode of the Road to Black podcast. We're back. What's up, Wes? What's up, dude? How are you? No complaints, man. I'm doing doing okay today. Yesterday, I, not so much, but yeah, uh, today yeah. <laughs> uh, we we uh, we chatted a little bit yesterday, and yep, well, uh, it was uh, not we a great podcast planning. And someone was in a real pissed off mood because it was tax day, and and my accountant completely shit the bed on getting my taxes <laughs> done. So. Uh, I was not super pumped. Yeah, super stressed. And, uh, basically I complete, I shut down my entire afternoon to do somebody else's job, which I have had paid for, but I'm not paying the person. Um, very last minute, very well shit on tax day, literally, literally on tax day tells me we're not going to get this done. So, uh, Anyway, all's well ends well. Rough day, rough day. Rough day, yeah. all's well ends well. Trained today, had a killer session today uh, on the jiu-jitsu mats. Was, felt like I was moving really well, hitting everything. Um, I've been working a lot on passing lately. Mm-hmm. Um, just chain, chain passing. Yeah. Um, and feeling super good with nice. uh, my passing and are you making so, a point during your roles to just get into those situations or are you doing drilling yeah. or both or yeah i'm how do you I'm, honestly that? my drilling is not um i'm not doing a ton of drilling right now we're so in our pod or i don't even want to call it a pod anymore i just want to call it like a training group in our yeah. training group um because it, we're starting to get some more people in here and people, some people are going back to d- gyms and some people right. are training here both. Um, 
So I basically have a full-time open mat over here with just different right. people coming in and out. So yeah. um, what we're doing, we get a lot of rounds, but um, we've been incorporating lately some at the end of our sessions doing some drills just like start with one pass, 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 like look, look at pass the person – Training reactions, basically. Yeah. So um, I was talking to this with one of my training partners uh, just last week, and I he's uh, he's he's kind of making that jump from blue to purple. And I I told him that, you know, when you get into the advanced belts, you know, middle of the way, later into blue belt, into purple belt, and then obviously brown and black belt, you're you're not so much drilling the techniques while they're while dr drilling the techniques is important and you want to shave off the imperfections um a lot more of the drilling is drilling the reactions that you're going to get so mm -hmm. uh you know nobody's going to let you pass yeah so you what you want to do is you like you get to purple belt you know the techniques you've seen the techniques before you've seen them a bunch of times so what you want what you're looking for is you do the pass they give you a reaction. You go to your next pass, your option, your next passing option. They give you a reaction. You go to your next option. And then you kind of build your system based on how the person reacts. Yeah. So you're not necessarily training the techniques, even though that's certainly a part of it. You want your techniques and your drilling to be mm -hmm. on point, <clears throat> but you're more at looking at how the person reacts and drilling the reaction yeah and your response to it so you know just like with anything else um it's pattern recognition so the the better and the faster you get through that pattern recognition the more that you know that the reaction that the person is having the it, it allows you to go to that next position yeah faster so you're you're not gonna end up having to go through a b c and d you might be able to get it at b or c yeah um if you're really fast so Anyway, we're ending our roles um, lately with doing some of that type of drilling where you go into whatever it is. You go into something, you drill it, you drill it, you go into something, they shut it down, you go to your next option, they shut that down, you go to your next option, and then you chain your system, you start chaining your systems together. Yeah. Um, that's important. Yeah. So I think that that's a big, uh, I think that's a great way to drill. So it's a lot less, I don't want to say it's not technical. It is technical. It's just looking at the reactions to what people, yeah. what something. So it's a little, uh, little, uh, deeper. It's just it a is little, a little deeper. Little deeper. Yeah. yeah. More realistic. Yeah. It's a little more realistic. Plus, um, you know, we're getting a lot of rounds in here. So, mm -hmm. um, anyway, I'm super pumped. Today's been a, a solid day on the mats. I got, just had a kind of a solid day all around. So, nice. um, I like that when I, uh, I've been teaching, I like to set up the lesson in that exact way because, and not all of them can be taught that way, but if I can, I will try to teach like action reaction. I really mm -hmm. believe in that. I've heard a bunch of high level guys talk about that over the years. That's really what jujitsu is. You know, it's like action reaction, you know, it's like what you do this, they do that. Then you do this, they do that. You know, it's like, so if yep. you can build that into the lesson. And I've tried to do that over the last several months that I've been teaching, but um, this 
we did lasso this last month, um, leg lasso. So that one worked out perfect because I really, I really wanted to show because that's more of a realistic thing where if you get like a deep leg lasso, you're, you're in that guard based on their reaction. And this could be any guard, right? But it's really helpful. I think I like to teach that way, but also I think to learn that way is helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, you get them in the deep lasso, maybe that the, your opponent is on their knees. Okay. You lasso deep lasso. Uh, they put one leg up. What are your options? You know, if they put their left leg up, they put their right leg up. What are your options? Mm -hmm. So I try to teach those, you know, maybe the first day I showed a sweep from both knees down or, or you know what I mean? One knee up, mm -hmm. one knee up the other way. You're sweeping this way. You're sweeping that way. Then on the next uh, lesson, I would teach what happens when they kind of come up into a combat stance where they're, they're on their feet, but they're crouched down still. You're still controlling their posture because there's move, leg lasso moves that way too, mm -hmm. you know? And then, you know, I worked it into the, the last week where the person's standing all the way up. They're really getting a strong base. They're standing up high. Um, we worked on, that's when we kind of shift from, we still have the leg lasso, but instead of like controlling where your foot is on their hip, maybe we're going to switch grips to, you know, maybe you have two grips on the sleeves when they're on their knees, when they stand up, I like to move the non lassoed grip to the mm -hmm. pant grip to pant grip. So now we're controlling a upper portion of their body and the lower portion, but that is a great way to, it makes sense teaching that way. And that, that's how a lot of instructionals you'll see, you know, depending on whatever you're watching. That's how people real, really teach if they're good and they know realistically what's going to happen. Um, but that, I think, works well. And you learn. I've always learned great that way to where because, you know, you're not going to remember everything. But I, I try to instill in, in our in our students at school at the academy is like you have to to get. The people that I see that are high level, they can really work through those and, un, and recognize those different switches and changes and have moves, multiple moves from different positions. You yeah. know, you might, you might have to start, uh, you might have to start off where you only know one move from the, the knee shield half guard, you mm -hmm. know, or one sweep. If, you know, if they have, if they're, if they're, uh, you know, their, their hand is on your collar grip from the top half guard position, you know, and you didn't break the grip, whatever it is, you know, you, there's very specific situations. It's hard. And of course it's takes years to know all of them, but I try to teach somewhere very basic stuff where, you know, if it's a basic, let's say a closed guard, you know, if they're giving, if you're posturing in this way, this is what you're going to do. If they're going to put their heart, you know, if they're going to give your arm this, a little slight variance on where their arm is, you know, inside your closed guard, are we going to go for an arm bar? Are we going to go for an arm drag? Or You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. so I try to chain those little things together. And it might just be something that I do or that I've seen. And it's not the same for everyone. But sometimes, like with the leg lasso thing, it worked out perfect for me because it's very common where if you leg lasso people and they're on their knees, they're going to put one leg up or another. Mm -hmm. I try to teach one from both. They stand up. What are your options there? And I, I think people really picked up on that. Um, so that action reaction is critical. It's always, it's always involved in teaching as well. If you have a good instructor, you know, it's, 
Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm fortunate. We've always been in those positions, but I've seen, you know, I've seen people just putting clips online and I'll look at something sometimes. I'm like, I've been in that position. That is not how this is going to go. Yeah. Like sometimes that person, you know, sometimes your helper on the mat when you're doing an instructional or something, they almost give too much. It's like they are really just like a wet noodle letting you do whatever. But mm-hmm. you have to be realistic sometimes. And sure enough, on those videos, I'll kind of look at the comments and people people don't want to be too rude, but people are like, this isn't really realistic as much as you think. You know, it's like that person's not going to be just you know, you see a They're lot of that. They're not going to be given that much space. Yeah, it's like, or right, whatever, right. I mean, you know? someone's just not going to roll over for you, you yeah. know? Someone's going to have a much firmer uh, base in many yeah. cases with this stuff. So you really have to force them into reaction. Then. Then you go. Then you go, you know? So um, I, I can't say enough about like that whole action. Re- I've learned that's what I'm taking home as a brown belt and really learning in these last couple of years. And it's really like, it's really, I think enhanced my game to be able Mm -hmm. to see. And that's just a natural, you know, as you get deeper in, you're starting to focus on more advanced stuff and more seeing things down the road. You know, I remember my instructor would always, or I'd always hear when I was new, Oh, you'll start seeing moves two, three moves ahead. And I was just like, what? I don't like it. I couldn't comprehend that at the time. Yeah. But now I understand what that means. It's like, for sure, not only that, but you can start forcing, forcing some of these reactions and really setting traps. And, you know, yeah. I can't break this person's base, but I want to have them in this position. Okay. I have to do something else to make them post yep. a little bit over here. Then I can get it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Gustavo uh, talks about a lot about um, windows when windows open and windows close, you know, in the advanced belts, you know, I've noticed a trend, you know, at first you don't even know when a window's open. You're yeah. just, it's all a blur. You have no idea. Then you go to get to a point where you can see a window when it opens, but you can't quite do anything with it. Like you can't exploit it. Mm-hmm. There's like a hesitation, but you're acknowledging, you can at least acknowledge you saw it that was my that was the space that was it it's it's not there anymore but it was open and then you get to a point where you can get you can you see the window you can attack the window and you can do something with it you can go through your sequences Mm -hmm. and then you get to a point where the window's closed and you can open the window whenever like it like whenever you want to you know it's like i know that like you were saying, this leg needs to be here. Okay, well, I know his leg is right there, so I need to offload him over this way. If I push him this way, he's going to get a big step, and I can I can put that leg there. Mm-hmm. So I can make the window open, and then I can run my systems. Yeah. So there's like this the stepwise progression of advancement. That's really. the beauty. That's the beauty of it. And that yeah. could be like this very extended out tr- tentacle of information, totally. you know, where you could go this, but it's a huge, like, that's why I talked about, you know, I've talked about like that whole like map mental mapping your jujitsu before, you know, it's like, that's what it is. It's like almost like a flow chart, but every mm-hmm. flow chart would be different, but there's all these tentacles in jujitsu and that's, it's like, uh, 
I, uh, that, that was one of the cool things that I, I kind of showed um, towards the end of our three weeks. We worked on leg lasso, really did a bunch of different positions. But prior to the leg lasso, we worked on uh, straight ankle locks for a couple of weeks from single leg X and getting into that position. So from the uh, leg lasso, when they stand, I showed everyone, one of the last things I showed was getting into the window of our previous lesson. Mm-hmm. So from the stand from a leg lasso person stands on you there's a there's a move where we can we basically keep the lasso on one side our foot goes to the ground we get a pant grip on the other side and we scoot our hips over to that person's leg and we put our other leg that's non lassoed up over into the single leg X mm-hmm. so I literally have a deep lasso on one side and single leg X on the other side now we can have a choice. Do we stick with the single leg act or with stick with the leg lasso or, and that's what I wanted to show people is like, I think that that is, I see high level people doing this. And I think you have to understand that when you get into the upper belts is how to transition. Maybe leg lasso is not your game at all, but you find yourself there in a scramble mm-hmm. or, or a position hold. And you want to get to that single leg X and you want to attack your footlock. That's what we led into where you transition into that. And then you can let go of the leg lasso, focus on the single leg X foot lock. So it kind of opens people's eyes when you can chain stuff together like that, especially new people. Because those are the paths, if you're a white, blue, purple belt, those are the paths you really need to start taking, I, I, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. To, because you, 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 can, you can be really successful, you can get belts, and you can win medals with a very small set of skills but is that what you want or do you want to be able to this shit's not working i gotta transition to something else yeah and that is not always easy you know especially in a high-paced role or a tournament or something you have to be quick thinking and the more of those transitions you have in your uh you know your pocket the better for you right um, even, and, and even white and blue belts, we all have them. We make those little transitions, you know, whether it's you're in closed guard, someone stands up to break your guard before they can break it and pass. You maybe open your guard and slip down into the De La Hiva, mm-hmm. right? You slide down from an, from a closed guard. They stand up there. You're literally off the ground. How many times? You, I mean, I do that. That's a nice, easy transition. You open your guard and just slide right down in De La Hiva. Yeah. You know, that is a transition for you. You know, and we learn that right away, usually pretty early on if you're in closed guard a lot. And, tr- you know, if you're new on both sides, white belt, I see white belts being stuck or holding people in their clothes, you know, other white belts mm-hmm. in their closed guard a lot. I mean, so it can happen at any level, but the more, the more you can start transitioning into those different, but I just think that's huge. And I'm learning that myself. You know, I'm always, that, that's a never ending thing. Mm-hmm. We can both be black belts. We'll still work on that. Like everyone, not, yeah. There's so doubt. many moves in jujitsu. That is the key. And if you know great people and great instructors, like I do, that's what they're good at. Is they can really see those things and see how to. They have different moves from different areas, and they're not just stuck on one position that they like. Mm-hmm. You know. So. You know who uh, we've talked about him before on the podcast. We we got. I, I'm going to make a note and get him on. Um, Josh Rodriguez. I was thinking the same uh, guy when I was he, talking about the, it. The, so. the, he, he's so good at this. Yeah, I mean, and one really of the good. drills that he 
would do in his classes. Um, I mean, he would have you start in like almost like a double spider, like where you've got the the like you're in that that open guard with both feet and the biceps and the mm-hmm. and the sleeve grips, and you would just transition. You, it was like a flow drill where you would go up and basically up one up up and down transitioning to different guards so you yeah would, one go, you'd go to a lasso then from the lasso you'd you'd transition maybe to a delahiva from the delahiva you'd translate you'd transition to a single leg x from single leg x you'd go to a full x from full x you'd go back to a single leg x or mm-hmm. and you would create your entire flow and and you know it's no pressure the person's just standing there but it's a really a great move yeah great drill exercise because you, yeah it's a it's 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 a mental exercise and it's like a yeah a technique exercise just transitioning between all these different guards mm-hmm. and then you obviously you switch and yeah but it's I, it's valuable. Very it's valuable. super yeah. valuable and it's super important because um you know you do have those positions where maybe that's not a huge part of my game, but I have to use that technique to transition to another mm-hmm. guard that maybe is a bigger part of my game, but I'm going to have to use maybe my B or my C guard to transition into my A game. Yeah. And that's like when you're gotta in a competition, well you you got to be well-rounded. You got to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to make those transitions because that's, that's what's going to win or lose you the match. For sure. So I, I took a lot out of those, those lessons. And so now that we're doing, you know, we're doing that, that's, it's the same with the action reaction stuff. Yeah. You know, exactly. And, it. Um, you're slowing it down a little bit. You're transitioning during that exercise so that you can, it's not just crazy pace, you know, you can really yeah. focus on that. Like professor match. When I first started jujitsu, I remember, there'd be times when the class was small and there'd just be a couple of us or even me sometimes. And when, when it was like, I was getting like a private from my instructor early on was like a white belt. And, um, it was, uh, that's what he would have me do too. Like we'd be an open guard and I would have both feet in the biceps, sleeve grips. And then it was the same thing. We're, we're moving step by step foot down to the hip, this foot mm-hmm. down to the hip or put the lasso in or put the daily heva in. And the goal was to never really disconnect grips. You know, you're always focused on grips, but you're also focused on control of like all the points of the body. And then he would always take it an extra step. And then it's like, okay, after a few transitions, I want you to do this simple. And you'd be surprised just that little open guard exercise, how many like misdirection sweeps there are in leg sweeps and, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it makes it, it's very simple and basic jujitsu, but slowing it down, it allows you to really see all of those things. You know, I think that's important. Um, one of the things I've been doing this last couple of weeks with the class is we warm up, I'm kind of moving, a, well, I'm not moving away, but we do a little bit less of a traditional warm up. you know, the running and the stretching out and stuff. We're still doing some of that, but we're, um, I've been do, having everyone do like a, f- really like a technical role, like a flow role to warm up. Mm. And I really like that. So yeah, I haven't asked anybody if they like that yet. So we'll see, but I think it's a great warm up. number one, but I'm also walking around and making sure no one's like grinding. So yeah. I don't allow anyone to grind. Like it has to be technical and flow. And what that, 
even even the most the newest students it might be harder because they don't have the skill set but it it forces it's a mental warm up mm-hmm. i really believe that it's a mental warm up because when you're flowing you have to understand what that per- you have to give and take you know so i tell everyone we're we're slowing it down it's a give and take we want to be technical and we want to like show the art of jujitsu that's kind of the way i preface this thing you know it's just a warm up but trying to get it in people's minds that it's not your same set of moves but slowed down yeah like open your game up a little you give that person a little bit you give and take we've talked about this before that flow is important and i think as you get better and you can start flowing faster and mm-hmm. more technical that's where you eventually want to be but for now it's just a warm up we're slow we don't want to grind you know we're not you know, if you get in certain positions where you're just flatten someone out, like we're not, you know, that's not the point, you know, we're a little you're bit priming loose. the pump. Yeah. You're priming so the pump. It is, uh, it's been really good. I think people enjoy it. It's a great warm up. And I think, uh, I've been saying this on the podcast, but I think we could all use a little bit more slow rolling, slow and flow, flow and mm-hmm. slow, uh, you know, because jujitsu is fun. And when we, the, 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 the bell goes, we all want to just get out there and, go for it, you know, and it ramps up and the intensity gets hot and that's how it is, you know? Mm -hmm. So to have a little bit of focus on that flow and more technical, because if you're not ever doing it, I think that's a disservice. You know, I, I just think you got to do it at some point. And if you're just going through classes where it's the same thing all the time and you're not taking the time on your own. And I try to tell people too, if you're in your roles Maybe you're not feeling 100% today, or maybe you just want to focus on a flow row. There's nothing wrong with asking your training mm-hmm. partner, can we go 50% or whatever, go a little bit slower, let's do a technical roll. And that, that could be the total case for many gyms. Like Many people do this already. I'm not saying mm-hmm. preaching to the choir, but in our class, it's not, you know, I'm just trying to incorporate a little bit more. So people focus on that mental exercise. It really is a mental exercise. If you do it correctly, you're, it should be, because you have to understand what they're doing. You know, it's not just a, a natural body reaction where you're just wrestling and going crazy. You know, it's like, oh, this person is trying to set up, uh, you know, the triangle. So I'm going to give a little bit here, let them get the triangle. Okay. They got them the triangle. Now I'm going to do my escape. What's the escape going to be? It slows it all down. So you should be getting some more technical thought. That's just mm-hmm. my opinion. Um, that's how no, I it, feel when I do it. So, it, and it should be that way because you, you know, and you should be able to start getting developing, getting steps ahead with that. Yeah. That just like what you said the, with the triangle. I know a triangle's coming. I see it coming. I need to start thinking about the defense. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're you're not necessarily accepting the position in a live role. You're obviously not going to accept no. the position. And I'm not. But, even, yeah, exactly. But you're going to accept the position, but you're now going to be ahead on the defense. So if you want to take that situation and give it to a live role, yeah. Guess what? You you're getting you're like the guys clamping down on a triangle right now. Right. You need to start working your defense before he locks everything up. Totally. So you, sh- so that's how it transitions. It's that recognition. So you, it's recogn- the pattern recognition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you start looking at pattern recognition saying, okay, I need to, um, 
I think this comes later on in the, in the development, but knowing when a position positionally you're beat and getting to the next position before the person can before your opponent can. So whether it's from a pass, let's say you're on bottom half guard, you're going to get passed. The person, uh, the person that's passing, they have got everything. They've, they've got their points. It's, they 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 won the battle. They haven't solidified the position yet. Yeah, but you can fight it. You can you can fight it a losing battle, and allow the person to settle the position. Or you can recognize when you've lost the position. The other person may not have settled the position, but he's already beat you. It's just a matter of taking it. Yeah, and getting ahead on an underhook or. Yeah, whatever, or or you know some other sort of whatever your defense is, whatever getting in the next position is f- for you. Mm-hmm. But knowing, and that's how you really develop that stuff is is in those flow roles. Okay, I'm he's he's I'm gonna give this position up, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna get to my next position this way. Yeah, exactly. You know, so um, now, man, I I'm in full agreement that the that the full flow rolls are. It's a good tool. It's, a, it's good, a great, tool. good exercise. Yeah. It's a great exercise to switch it up a little bit and slow things down. It gives you a different perspective mentally. You know, you have a little bit more time to think about things and it's a great warm up. you know? Yeah. Even just flowing around like that, you see everybody's like, Oh, okay, let's get going. And who doesn't like the role and practice. So I've been incorporating that and, um, uh, it's been good, man. We have, uh, our, our team is getting good, you know, getting back into it. Everyone's doing great. Uh, we had a couple, we had a tournament this last weekend. Yeah. I was going to say, um, the tournaments are coming back in Arizona. At least, uh, you know, we had, this one was, uh, jujitsu world league. We talked about that last week. Um, the Arizona Brazilian jujitsu league is finally back they announced a few tournaments so that's huge that's gustavo's organization um his promotion he's been putting these on i believe for almost 20 years here in the valley which is incredible mm-hmm. some crazy number i think he posted about it recently on their facebook page um i don't know what it was it was at least 15 tw- 17 years or something but um he's like an og uh competition promoter here mm-hmm. so people were really wondering when he was going to come back um get these things back and you know it was a tough year for people you know people trying to put on promotions you know and it's only now in 2021 we're really starting to see him come around so uh great news that's they have a arizona state championship coming up in august under that promotion that's a big one i think that was the first competition i ever mm-hmm. did here um they have a couple other ones southwest open which is a South, huge yeah, one southwest open and October. the masters cup usually mm-hmm. uh depending on hopefully that comes back so they got all those lined up i know he also said i don't know if you saw this but this is their last year in agreement with phoenix college where they put these on and next year they're moving to a brand new uh like state-of-the-art uh sports complex in mesa which is going to be huge. And it's going to have like, I think he said like 10 or 10 or more mats, like big upgrade, like 
it's going to be really fun next year. Like they're going to put on, he's, he's, I know, I know Gustavo obviously personally, and I've talked to him about uh, the competition stuff in the past or the tournament stuff. And he's been looking for bigger venues. Um, He actually, he even said this in his post on uh, the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu league is that he, I think he reached out probably to like Westworld or somewhere. I don't, I shouldn't put words in his mouth, but he said he'd been trying to actually get some of these going in the last few months. And they were like, Oh, we already have a couple of jujitsu promotions going. We don't, we can't really do another one. He was just like, okay. So he's been looking for a bigger venue because as you know, his tournaments bring in a lot of people and they are outgrowing all the spaces they've had. And he is, he, he puts on a real professional, especially in the last year or two, they've, They've, it's almost like a mini IBJJF. It's all electronic check-in, all of that, you know, scoreboards, everything is super legit. Um, it's really nice, but it's too small for where they've been because he also is, they were lacking like a, a warm-up mat. So this place is going to afford like a huge warm-up and practice mat, you know, coaching, coaches and training spaces, all kinds of stuff. It's going to be really exciting here with those tournaments coming up. I can't wait to get into this new facility it's gonna be it's gonna be dude i'm gonna have to come down there and do one of those yeah Um, it's gonna be great i'm thinking about doing uh one of these one of these tournaments coming up that he's got put on um coming down there for it but um i did this i did states in whatever the last states was before coronavirus i think Mm -hmm. i think it was that one anyway doesn't matter I did states not long before coronavirus hit and um it was I walked in I couldn't believe it. I walked in it was like 10 like 9 or 10 in the morning. And the, the Phoenix College, their gymnasium, I wish I could give dimensions. I mean, it's not small. Mm-hmm. Packed. Yeah. Packed. Like there's like probably there's rows of people on both sides of the mats, like building out. And then you look at the, in the stands packed. Yeah. I was like, where the hell am I going to sit? And, <laughs> and it was like, you know, who was I talking to? It might've been talking to G himself. I, I can't remember, but he would, had been talking about turning that into like a multi-day event because it mm-hmm. was getting so much attention and getting so many, so many athletes in there plus families and all this stuff which is mm-hmm. which is awesome um they actually that, had to do that they had to they turned one of them one or two of them like a two years ago or before covid the year before into a two-day event but that it was, might it's so hard to manage a two-day event yeah it's even it's like double the work because you got to double the staff you got to double the yeah. efforts it's like so they try to make and and Maybe it's just becoming too big where like the Jiu-Jitsu World League was huge. They had to have a two-day mm. event. So I think it's just the reality is they're facing is they're going to have to spread it out because uh, there's just more competitors. There's more yeah. teams. There's more people competing. Their people are coming from all over, especially with COVID. Locked California. They don't have anything going on really. I mean, now they're starting to get some tournaments going, but um, people well, are traveling I- here. So... I know, I know that uh, one of the big hangups for for them to get their tournaments back was so um, they they get essentially IBJJF 
referees. I know they fly them in from all, all different places and get them on their, uh, on doing the refereeing for the mats. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not all of them are IBJJF referees, but I know there's at least a handful of them. Um, we've trained with a couple of them that they fly in and they do the refereeing. And I mean, it is as close to an IB electronic check-in, like you were saying, mm-hmm. Um, they have like the, the pre-weight scales, everything. Yeah. I mean, it is as close to an IBJJF event as you're going to find that's yeah. not an IBJJF event. So if, if you're looking for, uh, some tournaments to compete at, um, that are going to replicate that environment, these are good ones to do in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Arizona is great to travel to. It's, it's an awesome state. Phoenix is a, is a great place to visit. They have a major international airport. Uh, right there is super easy traveling in and out yeah um very accessible everything's centrally located centrally located so if you're looking for tournaments to compete at these um arizona bjj federation ones would be great ones to get uh to replicate some ibjjf events Mm -hmm. so um, especially when they get into that new facility because that's going to be like it'll be like probably nicer than IBJJ. Like it's going to be a brand new sports complex, big, like, and they have all the technical stuff going for the athlete. And Gustavo, that is actually his whole, uh, one of his main goals is to replicate the IBJJF experience and prepare the athlete for the next level of competition. Mm -hmm. Like that is literally their goal is to have it as they follow all the same rules, all the standards, everything. Um, so it's great for that. Obviously, um, that's a great, great way to get in. It's, if you want to follow them, it's actually now they have changed the name in the last couple of years, but it's the Arizona Brazilian Jitsu league. Okay. So it's a Z B J J L on Facebook. If you want to go follow that page, um, they got all the tournaments, you know, they've announced a few of them coming up. August 14th and 15th. So it is a two-day event, the Arizona BJJ Championship, state championship. That's going to be a big one. That And that'll be the first one back, and they will sell out. So um, if you're listening, you should probably go. He literally told our school that, look, you have you better sign up if you want to do it because it's going to sell out. Like, yeah, especially being his first tournament back, the anticipation is going to be real high. <clears throat> it's a summertime tournament. It's nestled in there perfectly i think um you have master worlds coming master up worlds and, coming up right up right after that but it's November. a couple months it's yeah. a couple months so it's a good there's plenty of you know time in between if you're an older over 30 athlete and you're going to do master worlds um that would be a good tune-up the southwest open is a big one here uh under that promotion that's in october so you're a little bit closer to Master Worlds. I don't know whether any other major IBJJFs have they announced when Worlds is. Are they going to do another? I I don't know. I think they are. Are I they going to reset it back dates. to where it used to be? You know. So um, I just know that those those few are coming up. Those would be le- um, those would be great. I know Pans. I I can't remember the date on Gee Pans. But I think that it's coming up. I think it's either I, I wanna say it's late summer, maybe. Um 
but I'm not entirely sure on the dates. So, but those are all good tournaments, especially going into the kind of fall season to, to, mm-hmm. if to, it's a great experience, it's a great yeah. competition experience. Yep. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot to a lot of offerings, you know, it's surprising, but you know, you got, and, and like maybe your- some, maybe some of the smaller ones aren't back, but jujitsu world league is putting on really great tournaments like this last one that they had and heard nothing but great things from people they're really well, you're well gonna run. you're seeing a lot of high <clears> level <throat> com- competitors in those competitions because arizona's so close to southern california yeah arizona's got a lot of high level competitors i mean those brackets are not not going to be empty no um i can guarantee that those brackets will not be empty um so you get a lot of people traveling from the California circuit, the the Nevada circuit. Arizona's yeah. got a great circuit. Um, you get people traveling in from New Mexico. Mexico. I mean, it is it, it, from Mexico as well. Mm-hmm. So you get like you get a really you get some really good looks as far as and you'll see those same people. Yeah. If you do, if you're doing any of the majors, worlds, masters, worlds pans mm-hmm. all the major if you're doing the majors you're going to see those same names yeah a lot of similar um, similar names it, out there in, in in those tournaments um for sure so did you watch any pans this last weekend the no gi pans a little bit just a little bit yeah i was had a really busy weekend so um had a couple friends and athletes that were competing in that and it was it was not it was nice, man. Like good to see it back, you know. It was like it's just great to see jujitsu thriving again, you know. Mm-hmm. And the tournaments really, because they set the pace in terms of pushing the 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 sport forward. In terms of you know, you got you have the hobbyists, but man, I'm seeing more and more people just challenging themselves, even if you're just a hobbyist and getting out there and doing it, you know. And you know, the bigger tournaments are obviously the pinnacle in terms of IBJJF sanctioned, you know, you have pants, you know, we, I, I see like the, you have the local tournaments, you're going to get everyone from the, the brand new person to, you know, high level black belts were at Jiu-Jitsu World League this year, you know, yeah. Rank, ranked guys were competing. So um, then you have all the IBJJF tournaments, you know, that's a very solid organization, very huge, you know, they're putting events on all over. Um, they have their majors, which ramps it up even more. And then you get into like some of the more, I would say prestigious pro events, you know, like, like the ones we've talked about before the WNO, yeah. the fight to win diff- different types of competition, right? It's mm-hmm. a little bit different. You were where IBJJF is as big as they are. They're still, it's still an amateur sports organization, you know, they're am it's an amateur organization for mm-hmm. them. You know, people aren't getting paid. Yeah. I mean, there's some payments to some of the bigger black belts and some of the bigger tournaments. Right. But it's not a pro event. Yeah. yeah. The majority of people are amateurs. Mm-hmm. So anyone can do it. You know, you can sign up, you can challenge yourself and go do an IBJ. I, I remember when I did the first IBJJF tournament I ever did was master worlds. So I was like, whoa because i i just i didn't like do any kind of other ibjjf open i didn't go to like san diego open or travel you know they didn't have 
for the, those years I was coming up, they didn't come to Phoenix, IBJJF. More recently, they did a couple of years ago. But um, so it was like, it was a new experience for me. Uh, I'm in Vegas. It's Master Worlds. It's Master, by the way, that one was like, I think the biggest Master, biggest tournament ever in terms of competitors, mm-hmm. biggest IBJF tournament ever. The Master Worlds tournaments have the most competitors out of any. Is that when all the red was that the year that all the they put all those I think so. new red bull? Yeah, we both did that one. Yeah, yeah, we both that was did cool. that one. Yeah. That was way cool. So it kind of put off my match because I was in the afternoon, but so there's like a what an hour or two where they broke, they stopped all the matches. There's twenty mats, something like that. Huge, and Massive. and that place it was just two mats back to back, and it was just a long line of them. Remember. Mm-hmm. That that uh, that event center in Vegas is a fucking huge. It, I know, and it, that was only massive. one hall. Doesn't, I know that's the crazy uh-huh. thing. I've been in other halls of tournaments there. Like Nationals was in a completely different hall, American Nationals, and that was a huge one. I'm like, this place is huge. Yeah, but that Master Worlds was, you know, it was like I think it was twenty twenty one mats. It was all mm-hmm. the way down. I think they had twenty mats and one giant mat in the middle. Remember, I can't remember yep. how they did it. Oh, no, yeah, for sure. They and had like a more had, focused yeah. mat in the middle because they had a super fight. It was Buchecha. Buchecha and Gaval. Yes. I think it was. They had a super fight. And then they had um, an awards ceremony for like, what'd they call them? The, there were something masters, like the yeah. ultimate masters or something, but there were all these red and white belts, right? Mm-hmm. Old dudes, like really old, like. Super 75 old, yeah. 80 year old dudes you yeah. know and they were just all these legends out there and they kind of had a ceremony it was really cool it really was cool. I, super cool and it's cool you know if you if you haven't been to one you go to the, one of these bigger tournaments like um both master worlds events i competed in they you know you had these guys they would do like uh seminars on the side remember they have mm-hmm. like side mats i like henzo gracie was there one year and travis like, stevens does his stuff. travis stevens yep. bernardo did one yep. one year and like i you know everyone was going up to him because that's when he was just coming out with Blow, a lot yep. of bjj fanatics and um so it's cool you kind of see all and then you'll even just see you might be standing there cheering someone on and here's one of the people you watch on instagram standing next to you you know like a, some high level guy like coaching his team or something so it's a spectacle. It's really cool. And um, it's different to compete out of state, you know? It's it's a little bit different. It's a lot different, I think. But it's a different experience. But uh, it's 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 fun to make it, you know, it, it makes it more of like, a, okay, I'm traveling now. It becomes really serious. You know, you really mm-hmm. have to have your ducks in order and everything has to everything should be nice and planned out for you so you're not getting there and you're stressed out or whatever you know so there's more planning involved so if you're going to do a competition you're going to go out of state you want to really plan accordingly you know yeah really plan out what your day is going to look like where are you staying and it could come down to something like some of the things that i ran into was uh both what the first time i went to master world i stayed at the same there's a place i'm gonna give up my little place here but i can't i think it's called you're Centennial. never gonna get this back you're I know. never gonna get your place there's back. so many people listening to our podcast <laughs> <laughs> but i think it's called centennial or something it's in the parking lot literally kind of like caddy corner in the parking lot of uh is it the thomas and mac 
what is the event center in Vegas? That oh, big event man, center right there. What is that? I can't remember what it's called, but um, they might have even changed the name over the years. But that's the big event center where everyone's competing. There's there's hotels circling the place, you know, some crappy ones, some better. This one's pretty nice. Um, the first time I went in, I needed to. I was scared because I was. I needed to cut some weight, so I needed a hot tub. I'm, this place has a jacuzzi. That'll be fine. I'll just go. We're going the night before, you know, I'll relax, cut some weight, eat light, blah, 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 do all my thing, wake up. The jacuzzi was broken when I got there. I'm like, oh, shit. And so I was kind of like stressing out. I didn't want to go run or anything. It's just not my thing. So I could always just shed a couple pounds in the hot tub easily. Mm -hmm. And um, so we ended up. It was like a little adventure. We went and talked to the the place and like, oh, we have a sister hotel down the block. So we ended up walking to some other place and using their hot tub. So you got to kind of think about these things, you know, yeah. especially, and that's where I was going with this. If you're competing at a bigger event, we talked about this before, but you got to really kind of pay respects that it's a big event. You know, you want to, you want to train accordingly. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're just coming off the couch and you haven't been training, you're going to go to master worlds. It's probably not going to work out well for you. These yeah. people, you know, people are serious there. You know, it's serious competitors. No matter what yeah. their age, it doesn't matter. That shit don't matter, you know. There's at every level, there's Dude, very serious people competing in jujitsu. Crazy. So, um, plan accordingly, you know, you want to you want to have access to the right foods and stuff, right? You know, if you're if you're yeah. on, if you're cutting weight, water, that type of stuff. Here's one that I discovered after the first trip. I bought just a scale, an extra scale for just to have. So I have a scale in my box in my closet. So I just throw it in. If I'm driving, I'm just going to two of the times I drove there a couple times to Vegas from here. Um, so if you're driving, you can take everything you need. That's nice. Mm -hmm. So I always had a scale because that was a thing. It was like, it's kind of a pain in the ass, even though I'm staying close to the center uh you kind of the night before especially if you're uh you know you're having a weight issue or you're watching your weight you want to have a scale there to kind of figure out what you're doing you know mm -hmm. so that's always a good tip i can give is now i would also walk in the morning of my competition day i would walk over that's a nice thing about this place is i can walk there i really like that nice yeah i'm not there on vegas to you know after the tournament party time we can have some drinks eat a lot of food I the last tournament I did there, I gained ten pounds in one night. After okay, that's how much pizza I ate after <laughs> in rehydration. I was shocked, dude. I was shocked. I was like ten pounds, but that's what it is. Especially when you're cutting weight, you're cutting water yeah. weight. Um, my point is, is though beforehand you've got to be prepared. I like to be close. That's just my own personal preference. I might even pay a little bit more to be right there. I can walk to the event. I don't want to drive. Walk over there. I walk there in the morning right when they open. They have the scales open. You can uh, typically, I think one year they gave me a little bit of problem with this, but I think anytime you can walk up and use the scale, you know? Yeah. Their scale. Yeah. So then at least you know where you're at with your weight. Um, my coach Manny used to tell me, like before competitions, you wake up weigh yourself then you get everything you're going to consume in your body you weigh that too with yourself with your gi with your belt yep. every single yep. thing 
that's your weight, okay? It's science. If you don't take anything in, you're not going to go over that weight. So if it's one bottle of water, that's all you got for the next four hours until you compete, you know, if you're cutting weight or if you're close to your weight. So I always did that. And that's where it's nice to have like a scale or, or, you know what I mean? At least it's like, you know, I got to weigh 189 to get into that 195 medium heavy is what I competed at in those tournaments. Um, You know, you want to know where you're at in the morning and how much, especially if you're close to your weight. And a lot of competitors I know are always close on weight. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know too many that are just like, ah, oh, I can just do what I want, eat what I want, you know? So, um, you know, cause you got the ghee to consider you have the extra weight. Um, so you weigh yourself in the morning or whenever, whenever you're ready, you weigh yourself with the bottle of water that you're going to drink until your tournament with whatever the BCAAs, whatever your thing is, you know? the banana, the food, yep, all that should be weighed. If you're good and you have all your shit, okay, I got five hours till I compete. This is Down all I can take. Goes. Yep. Anything that comes out is a benefit. If I go to the bathroom, that's fine, but I can't, you know, I have to kind of ration the water here and not, you know, cause especially if you're cutting, you're going to get really thirsty. Like you're yeah. like, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, that water tastes so good. You know, it's like, oh my God. And then when you weigh in, there's been a couple of tournaments where I'm just like, I drink my BCAA and it tastes like just the most refreshing, <laughs> thirst quenching thing you've ever had in your life. And it's almost like, okay, I can't drink too much of this. I got to compete, you know, because once you weigh in, you can rehydrate a little bit, but it tastes so good because, and I'm not talking crazy weight, but, you know, I do it pretty smart, but I don't know if I would cut down again. I just, the last tournament I did at that weight, I was just, I was really drained. And it affected mm-hmm. my performance tremendously. I just felt like shit. So, I mean, I weigh like 205 now. So, that's like 15 pounds to get down to yeah. medium heavy. So, um, do I, I felt strong when I did it. You know, I felt good most of the time. But, um, you know, every, you know people, some people cut, some not. But it's a, it definitely if you're cutting weight before a tournament, it's, a, it's an extra mental pressure that you have. And you have to manage that too, because the weight mm-hmm. cut alone uh, sometimes overtakes my whole preparation, you know? And yeah. My friends too. I have friends that like the whole focus of the last week or two is weight cut. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's not probably the best thing to completely focus on, but it's, yeah, you know, you get, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. What's the benefit of ha- being a little bit bigger going? I felt it both ways. You know, I've competed at heavyweight where I was, I weighed in like seven pounds under. And the guys I could tell I was going against were cutting seven or yeah. ten pounds. You could feel it, like it. Yeah, it definitely sure. matters. There's a reason why people cut weight and to be bigger in the weight class because it, it yeah. matters. You can feel the difference in strength. And say what you want to do, but especially in masters, there's a lot of guys that play strength games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, older people that are, might not move as much and less technical. Look at look at Matt. I've said this before, but. Look at a lot of the master, especially like I shouldn't categorize any of them in particular, but bigger guys like to stand on their feet and they want to play top. Mm -hmm. You don't see a lot of huge guys like pulling guard and being on the bottom because these dudes are big. When you have a 225 pound guy crushing through your guard in in a high level tournament where they're go, 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 that is... I would rather be on that side. 
<laughs> you know? Without a doubt. Yeah, because it's tough. I've been, have my guard passed like that, you know, where it's like, I'm a strong guy and this guy blew right through me, you know? It's like, so um, some of those things matter, but it's just mostly about preparation. I talk a lot about the uh, the weight cut, but it's really everything. You know, it's your mindset. Yeah. You want to be in a good place where it's not crazy hectic, where you can relax a little bit. Maybe if you're there a day early or something, you're out by the pool relaxing. You know, you got to get into that mm-hmm. mindset. So think about that thing if you're traveling. Don't, you know, you don't want to stay in some ghetto place where you're like worrying about who's down the hallway. Or, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like you have to put you these things. You sleep that night. You yeah, know, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So it, you're going to be outside of your normal zone of comfort if you're doing a, a tournament somewhere else. So yeah, I have friends that really like, take that to heart and when they travel they'll like even get like a airbnb or something you know if you can afford it something very comfortable try to keep it at the same level you know this is like a house i'm away from people i can drive to the tournament that's another option Mm -hmm. i just like to be in those cases i just like to have that closeness because also i have friends competing at master world so i'm back and forth even before my tournament i might go in see a couple of my buddies in the morning where I'm competing at one o'clock in the afternoon, you know, driving then becomes a bigger. So you have to think of all those things. Um, but yeah, man, it's, they're coming back. It's awesome, man. You know, I'm not an IBJJF apologist by any means. They certainly have their, their problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I do think it is, you know, I do think it is really cool that you can, be at those tournaments, especially the big ones, and be in. The, you can be in the brackets of some of those folks. You can be. Mm-hmm. You can look next to you, to your right or to your left, and see people that you have studied their games and yeah. like taken that stuff from them, mm-hmm. and be in the like. You can talk to them. You can compete against them sometimes. You can, they're just right there. Yeah. And it's, you know, the, the, these super fight organizations, you know, also not perfect, but unless you're doing super fights, you're never going to get that experience. No, it's different. It's a different classification of competition. And one that most people won't experience because it's a little bit, it's a little more, and win or lose, man. I, I win or lose. Like I went out to Masters Worlds that year. I got my got my ass kicked, but man, the whole experience was. Mm-hmm. I would I would trade I would trade that for for any amount of money. Was that the first one for you? First Master World. Yeah, I think it might have been. I think so. There's a lot. Yeah, of, I think that was a. That was a lot of, it was a lot of pressure. I'm speaking for myself, but I think I can speak for both of us. It was very intense preparation for that tournament. It was very new. Um, I had only competed a few times before that period, you know, and I'm going to master worlds. I'm in these training camps at the school, Mm. man, you were trying, like, it's intense. You have all this pressure. If we felt like we needed to perform and then it was, it's like the reality hits when you're out there, it's just mayhem, right? Yeah, like it is. You walk in from anybody that's not done, you know, that year, particularly there were over 4,000 competitors. It was massive. Yeah. Stands are just packed. I mean, it's just, it's just chaos. There's vendors. When you walk in, there's all these, it's just a lot of vendors, a lot of vendors, there's vendors. There's like the, 
They have like the, the, the muscle the, show going on in the next room. Remember they yeah, had a bikini they competition did. or they something? Sure did. Or, they sure did. Um, They've got like these cert- seminars going on. So you've got people that are on these other mats that are getting, doing some sort of seminar. Yeah. A lot going on. There's just, it just is it's a spectacle. crazy. And, and you got to compete but, in the middle of all that. And you got to compete in the middle of all of it. You got to be on your, be responsible for getting on your mat, listening for your name. Yeah. When, you know, all that stuff. All that anxiety. And ang- tons of anxiety. And, but, you know, you look around, we had some good teammates out there that were checking in when we were at. Um, but when you look around, like, really, you're in the same spot as everybody else and also a lot of the just crazy high level people legends in the sport Mm -hmm. and you know win or lose and you just don't get those opportunities too often and uh, i'm i'm so stoked that it's coming back and things are opening up again with the tournaments because you know you lose that aspect of it when it's you know with these tournaments that are like the competitor And the competitor gets like a coach or two coaches and that's Mm -hmm. all you get. Like you don't get to share when you don't get to, you don't get all of that. You don't get all these legends in the sport because there's people that are just like, no, I'm not going out there and doing this. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. So you, you know, you don't get the openness of seeing all you know, the red belt promotions yeah. or like the super fights and like, so I think that the, uh, I'm just really pumped that all these, um, uh, tournaments are starting to open back up and it, it looks like we're trending in the right direction as far as getting spectators in the stands and getting it back to, to normal. And if you've not done any of those big tournaments, you know, you should, you should give it a go at least once. Yeah. Just be prepared, you know? Yeah. Kick it up a so, notch. It's Be fun. It's fun. It's a blast. It's fun, um, especially you know, go, with your team. You know, we had a big team coming going out that time. It, it helps. You know, it helps when you have that that camaraderie, yeah. and you know, your team is around you, and you're rooting for each other. Obviously, that's that's the case in any tournament you're going to do, but especially when you're traveling, because it could just be you. You know, yeah. Uh, I've been in a situation where. The following year, it wasn't as I did Master Worlds, and it wasn't as we didn't bring as many people, and it wasn't as organized. Um, so I was kind of on my own that day. I mean, I had a coach there from our school, but um, not a lot of teammates or anything. So it was a little bit different. Not bad, but it's fun when you have a lot of support with you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but that goes both ways. You got to get out there and support your team when when they're competing. So. Um, it's exciting. These next it's, couple it's of years exciting. are going to be, yeah. uh, it's going to be great, man. There's going to be a lot of opportunity out there and the sport's growing. And, uh, I see, you know, I still see new people from our gym wanting to get out there. And we had a lot of this jujitsu world league. We had more, I think probably more white belts than anyone competing, which is great. Mm-hmm. They're just challenging themselves. So, um, we'll see. Competitions, we'll see, man. man. They're coming back. All right, buddy. Well, you have a good, safe week training, and we will catch everyone next week. Yeah, next week. Uh, the next week we have a guest. Another guest coming up. So coming in hot. 
coming in hot next week. All right. Have a good week, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Road to Black podcast. Once again, please support our sponsors, the BJJ Physio. Contact Wes. He'll hook you up with some customized programming for your game. Take it to the next level. Therapy, performance, the BJJ Physio. Also, Roll Union Jiu-Jitsu. Check out the latest styles, Jiu-Jitsu, casual wear, training gear. Check them out, RollUnion.com. Follow on Instagram, at RollUnion. Thanks again for listening, everyone, and we will see you next time.